Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. And as we join you live on a Saturday night, welcome in everybody to the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Very special opening hour as we get on a little bit late on Saturday following uh, a tough loss for the Nittany Lions as Big Ten football uh, gets underway, J. Doc. But we roll right back into the Labor Show. Two big hours uh, tonight, but our first hour, we're on location. Uh, We are live. Uh, We are social distancing. And we are uh, going to introduce the Delaware Valley. Uh, to the iron workers, and I'll let you do the introduction. Yeah, from so there. it's it's old old uh, home week for me. It's great to be here in Iron Worker Circle 401. Um, we got a packed house here, like you said. We're social distancing. Um, we, we have Kevin Boyle, business manager of Iron Worker Circle 401. We have Tim Whalen, who's a business agent. Tim Casey, apprentice coordinator. Keith Myers, political director, and we have a special guest, and and, and we also have Mick McGrogan, vice president. Um, so we got a, a great crew a crew here. Um, but we got a, a special, we're making history in the first set here with Liam Boyle, the first father-son um, interview we've ever had on the program. So we're excited about today's show. Yeah, good stuff. We'll jump into it. We'll talk with uh, Liam, and Ke- Liam, Liam and Kevin uh, and get started here in the opening segment. I do want to let the listening uh, audience know that we'll be here for two hours uh, tonight, Jay Doc. So we'll do hour number one with the iron workers, and then we'll follow up uh, with good conversation coming up in hour number two as well. We're live and local, as we are every Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kathy Scott's going to be with us an hour or two, as well as uh, Sean Steffi of the Boilermakers. Uh, so, Kev, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, and thank you for having us on. Well, it's great to have you, and certainly um, after that Penn State loss there, I didn't think we, I didn't think we were going to be able to get you on the air. Um, I get it. it was yeah, a, it's a homer call. It, it was it was it was ridiculous. Uh, first of all, if you would, Kev, tell us a little bit, obviously, about who you represent, who your members are, and what they do. Um, right now we are 800 strong. Uh, we're the iron workers. We put up the shells, uh, the high rises. We are the guys that put up the steel, the precast, the stairs, uh, all this other, um, you know, all other miscellaneous, uh, ornamental, uh, precast garages. Uh, we're probably one of the hardest working, uh, tradesmen's out there and we're always putting ourselves out of work. That's right. Uh, that is one thing that we take pride in. Uh, and we, our motto is, you know, we'll build it and we'll move on to the next. And so having said, Kevin, just so the audience can understand it and visualize it, because I think it's amazing. I mean, I said to you when I arrived today, I mean, I've been wanting to come into the iron workers building for so long. Um, and the reason is, I think it's absolutely incredible um, when you see and actually visualize the work that your members do. It's absolutely incredible. Yeah, and and listen, it's a pride thing to the iron workers, and they take pride in and in anything they do. And when they look at when you look at a structure um, going up, and the different types of structures, it's amazing what we can do with a crane and the men, and just. It's when you go down and watch a high rise go up with 150 men and you're constantly putting yourself out there on the line 
and you're constantly watching things go up safely. And we are the standard when it comes to safety, uh, 100%. And when we get bigger jobs, but it's really not the bigger jobs that keeps us going. It's all the little jobs. It's the schools, the miscellaneous little, uh, the Romas and the PBAs that, that keep us, our local going. Uh, you know, the big job is great because we can put 150 people on, but it's the little job that keeps us afloat. So, and then the bigger jobs come here, there, and then the little jobs, they're consistent. They're constant. So, so. So, so having said that, I mean, and it's a pretty easy visual. You look at a high-rise building, those guys walking on the beams at the top, that's us. It's way at the top. Yeah. I mean, and, 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 and like Kevin you, said. I know, I know you have one story that you tell a lot. I haven't heard you tell it in years, but if we get a chance, we'll ask you about the Channel 57 Towers, but I don't want to get into that. Yeah, I mean, that. I was working alone at the time. I'm just kidding. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> well, he always, one, says he, was, he always says he was there, but I don't remember him getting off the ground. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, now we're going to have to tell the story. Having said that, before we get into that, before we get into that story, introduce us to your son, Liam. Okay, this is my son Liam sitting right next to me, six feet apart. That's right. My son is uh, 32 years old. He is not part of the iron workers, but he is part of the labor force. And what I mean by that, he is a state committee man, he's a city committee man, and he is a 100% Democrat. 170 percent of the time so so liam obviously it's great to have you on the program i've known you since you were little you're big now um having said that it's 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 political season and none you know yep. we you know they say it's a cliche that this is the most important election of your lifetime well this is and i know you've been paying attention to it for a long time we got a couple of weeks we're almost down the home stretch here tell us uh tell us what you you foresee man so right now we are in the home stretch, as you said, and this is the most important election for uh, in, in our lifetime because effectively what we're trying to do is we're trying to eliminate a president who's going to appoint anti-labor judges all across the board, up and down, throughout the federal appellate courts to the Supreme Court. And, I mean, if, if you think right now you're sitting there at home saying, oh, well, you know, um, Donald Trump promotes judges that I agree with on, on gun control issues and on, on, on abortion issues. But the thing is, is that what you're not realizing is that his judges completely disagree with you on your right to organize. They want to make sure that the employer has all the power. And what we're seeing right now is in the home stretch, we're, I'm expecting Joe Biden to win because right now we've already turned out our voter. We turned out a lot of voters on the early voting and the mail voting. And thankfully, if again, going back to the courts, the PA Supreme Court has ruled in our favor on multiple decisions when it comes to these mail-in ballots, whether it be that you know we still have three extra days, uh, whether it be that you can't send poll workers from out of the county to the to the local to your local place, or be it that the signatures aren't what we're going to tie up because we have an electronic system that's going to make sure that we know who voted and, and where they did, and that all came from the Supreme, the PA Supreme Court. And now that that's where we are. But again, I think Biden's going to win. He's going to come, come up and down the board. Liam, yeah. Liam, let me get you to weigh in on on one question or one conversation that we've had for the last four or five or six weeks, J. Doc, uh, on this very program. There's a there's a thread or a thought out there that many of the members of the various unions are going to vote for Trump and are not going to vote for Biden. How do you respond to that? So. You can say you can that that does give off some vibe there, but the thing is, is that 
I found that when you have face-to-face conversations or you have phone banking conversations with these people, with, with members, and you remind them of what's at stake when it comes to how they put food on their tables and their right to organize, they eventually do wind back at the same spot that they, they will always be at because Trump hasn't fulfilled the promises that they think he is. They think he's going to bring all these jobs to them, but the fact of the matter is is what he wants to do is he wants to plunder plunder and break up their unions because that's what he's done and it's what he's historically always Joe, done. Joe Krause, Liam is saying it right on point. The fact of the matter is, and we've been saying this, is that you have to know you got to vote your interests. And like you said, Liam, there are other issues there. I mean, politics is a complicated thing, but when you talk about labor, that's our livelihoods, and we're in a, a room full of iron workers, okay? And the fact of the matter is, is that if you do what, like Liam said, and you vote your interest, you know, for your job, for for um, for organizing, for collective bargaining, then you have to vote for Joe Biden because. It, he, he, he's a labor guy, and he's not going to put judges in the courts. They're going to take our opportunity away to collectively bargain. people challenge you and say Joe Biden is not a labor guy. Well, they could say what they want, but it was the one thing we do know that Trump is not. So they can say what they want. They can have theories about Biden, but let me tell you something. Having said that, we all know what, what, what the, the judges did. Even, when you go in to say is the, most of the union tradesmen and everybody else most of the time, when you look at it, because they like it, oh, he says this, he says that. He's been an ass since 1978 and 80s when he was building all the uh, the casinos down there. And stiffing our contractors. And he stole everything, and he's never changed. But the bottom line is, when you get these younger guys and they just don't understand the, the movement, you got to vote your paycheck. And listen, it's, it's not that we're saying Joe Biden is the the greatest guy in the world we're saying that ticket there it all it does is benefit us because when you vote that down ticket it's not you're not just voting look at the big picture yeah because the last time when we had this we had this discussion discussion was with hillary clinton well 99 percent of the people hated her you know why because she won in a man's world and she wasn't soft enough well now you know you got biden who's a great guy when you meet them, but it's the down ticket that we have to worry about. It's the down ticket when we do take back the House and we take back the Senate. Then, listen, the only way to change things is to get in power. And when you're in power, that's when you start making changes. And that's the only way we're going to do it. That's why we're out there. That's why we're pushing the Democratic ticket. That's when you can make changes. And guess what? For us, it's all about jobs. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat. If the Republican is voting our way, and some do, and we'll vote for them. But most of the time, they are out there to try to break unions and try to break training. And, and listen, you know what we do well? We train our people. And you know why? Because we pay for it. If they're so good out there, the non-union guys and the unorganized are so good, then let them pay for their own training. Why are they always asking the government for a handout? We pay for our, ourselves. The Labor Show with Jay Doc and Krause. Liam, I'm going to give you last word of the segment. Uh, the, a kind of a father-son uh, father duo, as Jay Doc. Get out the road, baby. Uh, I'm going to give you last word I before mean, we go to commercial break. So the word is, is the election's coming up in, um, in, in, two, in almost 10 days. I think it's 13 days or 10 days right now. Um, but it's coming up, and if you can't show up in person, make sure that you can turn in a mail-in bo- uh, ballot or you can show up to one of the satellite uh, locations and, and to vote. So it's important that everybody votes, and it's important especially for Delaware Valley to make sure that we turn out the vote because that's 
that's where the power in Pennsylvania politics is. It's in the southeast Pennsylvania, and yep. that's where we, we that's where we win when we turn out the vote. Well, Liam, thank you for turning out here tonight uh, to be part thank of you. the opening show along oh. with Kevin Boyle, uh, Liam, and J. Doc. I'm Joe Krause, and a room full of iron workers as we continue and we roll along on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll be to it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Hour number one of a two-hour show will take you right up uh, to 10 o'clock. All live programming from The Labor Show, J. Doc. Uh, every Saturday night, we're live and local. Uh, next week, by the way, one week from tonight, uh, our election special, two-hour election special. Uh, we'll have all kinds of conversation, opinions, and all kind of thoughts from a lot of labor leaders around the Delaware Valley. Should be a good Absolutely. show next week as well. Well. And speaking of uh, election, we, we, uh, we're bringing on to the program with Kevin Boyle, uh, Keith Myers, who's the political director here at Local 41. Keith, how are you, sir? Great, Joe. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here, man. We're talking, obviously. By the way, this is ne- no longer the, the labor show with Krause and J-Doc. It's the Liam Boyle show. Let's just get that straight. He just <laughs> rocked the house. Uh, having said that, um, so, Keith, obviously, we're down, you know, we're, we're down to the nitty-gritty with the election. Um, what's your world have been like, and what's it like, you know, over the last month and going into the election? Well, we've been real busy, Joe. Uh out with the apprentices today down in uh, Delaware County for John Kane, uh, trying to help him out. Awesome. But it's been a totally different cycle than any other. Uh, as you said, very, very important. Uh, the most important, probably. But a lot different different approaches, a lot of mail-in bouts, a lot of phone calls, Zoom calls, uh, workshops, things like that. But definitely not like it has been in the past, but n- uh, definitely just as important. How do we get, um, and, I, and I'll bring Kevin to this and you both answered, how do we get our members uh, like Liam said, how do we get our members engaged in, um, you know, our agenda, our legislative agenda, and, and what, you know, what's important to us as, as iron workers? Well, the first, the, the first part is um, education at the meetings, right? So a couple meetings ago, I had Keith get up, talk, tell him what we're doing, how we're doing it. Uh, the second phase is I got mailings coming out, why we backbiting. Uh, to the membership, why we're picking him over uh, the other guy, um, and I say that for yeah, I don't no, want to mention him, but yeah, I you got know you. why I say it. Um, but but it, it's more of an education thing. And listen, it, I'm not trying to tell you who to vote for. I'm telling you why we're doing it, right? So why we I, I got we're sending out a flyer. It's probably about I I could do 50 things, but I'm, we're just lowering it down, make it as simple as possible for him. Why we're picking them, right? So why we're backing them? Why we as iron workers want to back this ticket? And and, and, and Keith, that's the difference. And Keith, do you, do you feel like the men, um, you know, you, you know, are getting it? In other words, last time, you know, Trump is in there now because a large portion of our labor and our workforce, you know, cross party lines. Okay, uh, are, 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 what's the sentiment out there with the men? Uh, well, I think that they did, as Kevin said, need a lot of education, and we did kind of put it out there. Uh, like Kevin says all the time, vote your paycheck. You know, uh, we know where uh, 
Joe Biden stands on a transportation deal, an infrastructure deal. It's going to get signed. It's going to. It's not going to sit on his desk for three and a half years or however long this administration's been sitting on it. Uh, and it's going to put us back to work, not only us, but like Joe is up there, McGregor Industries and Dunmore, PA, they're going to put all these guys back to work. All, all the contractors, everything made here, mined here, uh, fabricated here and installed here with union people, with uh, American people, uh, just everything that we need to get this country going again. Uh, and, and let's talk also about the local candidates. You mentioned John Kane, yes, okay, yes. a member Good of guy. labor, plumbers, business manager, somebody who, who cares about working people. Um, cares about women's rights, cares about, you know, doing a good job for his constituents. Um, how, how involved are we in uh, the local races and, and, and how important is it, you know, obviously what's going on in, in, in Harrisburg? Well, we have had our hands in just about everything, but we're just trying to keep it a little bit more simple, as Kevin said, uh, and narrowing our focus on, we know in a presidential where everybody wants to vote, but we're still telling our members to come out and vote and run that whole ticket because we need help from the bottom up or the top down, however you want to call it, but it doesn't, one goes with the other, so one thing can't get done without help from all levels. But the, the, the biggest concern is when you go to these other down ballots, you'll have the school board running. You'll have these little commissioner jobs done. Now, they control 90% of the work that goes into these counties. So if you don't vote for the person that's going to vote for us, then, you know, we're going to be in the same, the same predicament that we were when we were fighting with Trump. And the biggest concern, as you can see, we've done a great job with the help of, like, my son and, and Keith and everybody else by attacking, not attacking, but going out and getting it to change over from, I'll give you an example, Chester County. It's more Democratic now. Uh, Bucks County, that's going turning over more. Uh, Montgomery County, which was back in the day was always Republicans, that is 99%. Uh, Democrats now. So you have to pick these these little counties so we can get uh, the municipalities and the commissioners and that's where you have to attack. And sometimes you got to do it, it, one, one seat at a time. Because sometimes when we go into a ticket ballot we have to watch ourselves. Because if we do the ticket ballot sometimes they look at it and go, oh, I don't want to vote for all them people. Right. Right? So then that's how sometimes when you go into these counties, you want to pick and choose when we go after Because it could be a Democratic right. party. Because yeah. labor, like, it's, it's not a, we're not a political party. We, we support those who support us. Yes, correct. Yes. Uh, Keith, you talk about the Supreme Court right now. A lot, lot going on here in America, right? As yeah. we wind down, there's going to be uh, a new member of the court, uh, new, you know, before we go to the election, okay? And we saw what happened with Obama's. Um, nominee not nine months, ten months before uh, the actual you know, the election, which was a, a travesty of justice. Having said that, uh, are our members connecting the dots? It's going to be six to three to Supreme Court by the time this election comes. It's a great example. I mean, you know, are, do our members understand um, the, the the factors and 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 what it means to vote for the president, and it it also means the Supreme Court. Well, without education, all they can think of some uh, of those uh, some members are the the big picture of uh, who's at the top, and that's right. all they see. They don't understand the rest. They're not so alone. We do have to uh, educate them, and we do it all the time. When that one uh, election ends, the next one begins. So we start working on that the very next time. You let everything else fall behind, and that's over with. But you have to let them know what's coming up next. 
Kevin Boyle, Iron Workers Local 401. Keith Myers, political director here at Iron Workers Local 401, joining us here uh, on the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. It's a Saturday Night Live as we are uh, coming to you on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Kev, let me volley back to you as we have a few minutes left uh, in this segment. Uh, it sure is strange times uh, right now um, in the country. It's it's confusing uh, for people. It's hard to have uh dialogue do you feel that as the leader do you sense that and how do you manage it well it's my favorite saying is i take it one day at a time and one hour at a time these are unprecedented unprecedented times so i i look at it as you know i'm a i like history so i watch it and i watch it all the time with a and a and all that other stuff but yeah and you watch the movement going it's a pendulum that's what I always tell people. It's a pendulum. Back in the 1800s, it was all about corporations. Then we went to war. We went to this. And then the middle of the years, in the, the 40s to the 60s, it was all about the workers. And then slowly but surely, now it's starting to swing back there. And then we get the pandemic, right? So now, to me, I look at it, this is our war, right? This is the war you're fighting. Right. This is not World War Three where you're out there dying. And there are some parts of it, but I, I look at it as a war. We have to control it. And the only way to control it right now is to keep reminding the members they have to social distance, wear their mask, wash their hands. We of the building trades have done an excellent, excellent job to keep this city of Philadelphia and the surrounding counties working because we all. Every business manager and every agent is always out there trying to tell the members, this is what we have to do to keep working. So this is our, this is our war right now because it is unprecedented and it is scary because people are dying right and left. Right, right and left. But some people think, oh, I won't get it. But guess what? It's not you that get it. It's who you give it to. Because I, I have an 84-year-old father and I have an 80-year-old mother. I am petrified of somebody giving it to me and me going down there and giving it to them. That's why you have to do, and it, it, it's not hard. It's just something different, right? So when you see it, and, and, and people are, some people are more scared of it and some people aren't. But, you know, the young guy, yeah, of course he's going to go out there because when you're young... You think you can conquer the world. Nothing's going to bother you. But guess what? It gets them, too. One, one exclamation point on something that you referenced um, uh, in your answer there was Philadelphia and the Philadelphia building trades were a real model to other cities uh, and other states around the country in terms of your ability to do exactly what you, ju- uh, what you explained. Keep, this, keep working. Keep the members working. Do it safely, do it the right way, but more importantly, get it done. Well, and, and listen, I give all the credit in the world to every business manager and every agent out there right now because they are the ones out there pushing this. We meet once a week, and we go over who has it, who doesn't, what job has it, what's a, all right, how do we get by? What do we have to do to keep this thing under control? Because that's, what, that's the name of the game. We have to keep it under control. We know people are going to get it. We know that. But we have to control it where we can't have it 
25 people on a job getting it. So if that guy gets it, you got to shut him down. You got to shut the job down for a day or two, clean it, boom, boom, do the same thing. You got to test them. You got to take their temperatures. You got to tell them if they're sick. I don't care if they have hay fever. Don't come in, right? So that's what we have to stress. That's what I th- – and, and listen, and I'm going to give a shout-out to Johnny Doc because he was on top of this from day one. And we are the model. And we are one of the only cities that kept working without a lot of people getting sick. And guess what? It's working. Now, we got a second phase coming up. Everybody knows it. we got to be more diligent than, than the, the past seven months. we got to be more diligent until they come out with that vaccine. And guess what? When they do come out with the vaccine, it's still going to take you six months just to get it. So they, they could have the, like uh, Mr. Trump always says, oh, it'll be here. It's going to be here before the election. Well, it's still going to take you six to seven months to get it to people. So it's still here. People are dying over it. So you have to take, you have to be diligent. You, you have to be, to me, that's why, Joe, I said it before. This is our war. We have to keep going. We have to keep the course. You know, you can't just stop and just say everything's good. No, that's not what it is. You have to be diligent. Kevin Boyle leading the troops here at Iron Workers Local 401. Well done, well stated. Um, Keith Myers, political director. I guess you're not going to get a lot of sleep over the next 10 days uh, until we get up to uh, November 3rd, which will then carry over to the 4th, the 5th, and perhaps uh, the 6th, and we'll see uh, and we'll see what happens. But well done by you. Thank you so much for uh, being here and hanging in there while Penn State yeah. uh, went into overtime only to lose that game. This is uh, the Labor Show uh, with uh, J-Doc and Krause. Last word, 30 seconds. I just seconds. wanted to say one thing. Kevin is right. The building trades have been great with us, but our contractors have been great, too, with testing on, I mean, uh, temperature checks, uh, giving us anything we need, sanitation. I mean, uh, I'm working on an intact job right now. They're doing great. So without us... Without them, there's no us. I always say that. Well said, Keith. uh, I appreciate their help, too. All right, good job. Well done. We'll get to a commercial break here on The Labor Show uh, with Jay, Doc, and Krause. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here live on the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thank you so much for tuning in as we uh, jump on the uh, dial, on the radio dial tonight. J. Doc, a little bit later than we normally are here, but we step aside uh, for Penn State football. Nice to have Big Ten football action uh, back and great to have Penn State right here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Tough loss today. They get ready for Ohio State one week from today. We get ready for our election special one Saturday, one week from tonight. That's next Saturday, and we'll get a lot of various opinions and have uh, some very, very special guests uh, as part of our show next week. Absolutely, Joe. And one of the things Keith Myers said is they they were out with the apprentices and, uh, you know, canvassing today. And uh, I'm happy to have Tim Casey, the the, uh, apprentice coordinator for Ironworkers Local 41, joining us. How are you, Tim? Good, Joe. How are you doing tonight? Thanks Uh, for having us. Well, it's great to have you. And, and, I'll tell you, love to talk about, uh, you know, the apprentice program, especially in labor, because that's the lifeblood of, of our unions. Absolutely. That's where our future is. Uh, if you would tell us 
a little bit about about the Ironworkers, um, you know, apprentice program, a little bit about our curriculum, how long is the program, stuff like that. Okay. Our apprentice program currently now is four years. Uh, this year we didn't take in a first-year class due to COVID. the COVID and the, the lo- work being slow for a while, which helped us out a lot um, because of keeping the social distance and everything in the school. It has been a challenge to get everything going. Uh, but I, I started back probably in April thinking ahead a little bit and getting everything ready, and, and fortunately when it was time to start back up, we did. We were very lucky. So And everything's moving on so far, so we're doing pretty good. But we have a four-year program, and normally our biggest selling point is you work during the day and you go to class at night, earn to learn. So earn your money during the day and go to class at night. The problem sometimes is for these young guys, they don't get that they have to come in the class two nights a week. Right. Well, I'll tell you, though, but having said that, the education is second to none. Oh. I mean, it's like a college, it's like a college education. And by the way, Kevin Boyle, who pays for that? We do. Uh, the men's. The, the members. members. The members pay for it's, it. It, it, it out of their paychecks. And 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 Tim, if you would t- talk about the curriculum uh, that 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 Ironworker apprentices uh, learn, the different skills that they learn. Well, during the curriculum now that the international has has taken over some of the classes, and we have to do their program now. But they changed it up a lot, so that was another challenge. I have to teach their curriculum to be credited, accredited, accredited program. Sure. So. With that being said, we had to change some of the classes around and do a couple different things to get them through. So the first year, we normally have some of the training for flaggers, fire watch, some of the OSHA classes, know, know what they're doing, learn how to do some things on the job, make sure they know their benefit package, and stuff like that. That's a challenging first year. They learn a lot. Second year, we get into the structural end of the, the business where we have a mock-up out in our shop. They take it apart. They put it together. It's like a little steel, uh, you know, building, man. I mean, you know, it's... <laughs> Absolutely. It's a great, great thing to have. It's one of our best benefits we have out there. We have a big shop out there. With the, We have our structural shop. After they do the structural, they go into the architecture with the windows and the glass and the rails and the stairs. And we also have that in our mock-up. So that's continuing with that. And along with that, they're doing welding one night a week also. So we're getting our welding. To get in, to move ahead for third year to fourth year, you have to have at least a 3-8 test plate done and have your papers be certified and overhead and vertical. So move. you're learning. You're, so in order to move forward, you got to be a certified welder. Absolutely, and to get out, you have to be a certified welder, a one inch plate. So, 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 Tim, have, how hard is that? Um, for some guys, it's it's a natural thing. It's it's pretty easy. For some, for some other guys and girls, it's it's tough. It's it's something they have to get used to, and to learn how to do it. It's I, I loved doing it when I was coming through, although when I was in my apprenticeship, we didn't have a chance to do that, to be certified getting out. Now they do. Yeah, there was only a few of us that could, get, that could become certified in the first year. <laughs> you never got certified, did Listen, you? Listen, I'm reestablishing the record. Still, Guys, he's still taking it. <laughs> I think he's, he's, the, he's the oldest of well, you, serving apprentices. What was that? I'm red shirting, brother. That's all. Yeah, so we have an iron worker named Pat Herring. You remember Pat? Uh, Pat yeah. six, eight? Very well. He, he used to call me Slag Man. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be right next door. While I was. You could hear my my my, my ride getting stuck. J Doc, no stories, please. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have time for that. Having, having said that. Uh, you talk about the, you know, learning unionism, okay? One of the things I say about a, a lot of building trades union members, and, and, and no stranger here at 401, pull up the sleeve, 
half our members got uh, you know 401 tattooed to their to their arm. Having said that, learning the pro- unionism, Tim, learning what it means to be in a union, knowing that they weren't born on third base, a lot of that happened while they're apprentices. They learn. They you, they try to learn as they go. Some of them don't learn until they get out and get in to where um, they're out there hitting it every day and seeing it every day. As an apprentice, it's a little different story because you have this. You have the journeyman looking over you all the time. When you become a journeyman and you're out there, you're supposed to be able to do everything that your partner can do, and that's what keeps them together. That's what keeps it going. And Kev, let me ask you. Let me just jump in there and ask you about the. I want to put some emphasis on the importance of the program. I know it's fun to go back and forth and to, and to laugh and chatter about it, but what's happening in this program is pretty powerful. It's really, really meaningful in terms of l- apprentices learning the craft to be experts at it. Well, and I'll give you one big thing that I always bring up to the younger guy. I said, when you graduate... You're going to have your partner's life in his hands. Yeah. So if you don't know what the hell you're doing, you're going to hurt yourself, you're going to hurt him, and then you're going to hurt the families. That's why it's so important when we teach these younger guys and why we do what we do and why we make that hard. We make the school hard for a reason. Because when they go out there, we want to make sure – when they say where did you go and what school did you go from and what's your number, and when you say 401, you can go throughout this country. And you say you're 401, they're putting you on because they know you're going to be a well-schooled, well-educated, safety-oriented journeyman, iron worker, and he's going to work his ass off. I don't want to overstate the obvious, Tim. Is this too obvious of a statement? There is no margin for error at all on most jobs no there's not you not only have to watch what you're doing you have to watch what everybody else is doing because you're not above everybody else all the time you could be below somebody else other trades or whatever and, a, and, and, and you got to you got to learn to pay attention all the time the value of an, uh, an apprentice school education after four years um got to be the same value i mean it, 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 tim you talk about got to be Hundred thousand dollar education. I mean, you know, who are who are the teachers at the school? We have retirees and we have guys still working out in the field um, so who are teaching. I think a hundred thousand dollars might be pretty light. I think, a, but, I think the education's uh, worth a lot more than that. Well, when you look at it that way, it is. But you know, as an apprentice coming through the program, they don't see it that way. They don't see that they're getting a free education. And we don't ask. The only thing we ask in return is you go out and work hard and, and give our contractors an honest day. And that's basically what it is. I mean, you're getting, you're really getting a college education when you leave here. And that's important to know. And, and most of these young, the young guys, when we take them in young, um, they don't realize that. Even the older guys, the older you get, sometimes they realize that they've been out there trying to find a good job. Yeah. They've been trying to find Absolutely. good benefits. And, and they know they have to come in and, and work hard for it. And that's where you see it. But there's also, and this is what I really want to stress, is just not uh, the apprentices. When you do get out, it's up to you. If you still want to be a great iron worker, you should be going back there and upgrading your papers, going to the safety, the getting your OSHA papers. 30, getting your OSHA 10, getting your NCCO cards. So there's journeyman training? There's journeyman oh, training 
all through their careers. You're always learning. And when something new comes out, we got to be on top of it to make sure that we understand, uh, all right, this is coming out. This is what they're pushing. Because nowadays, most of the time, you, you, um, your insurance companies are pushing, right? This is what we want. This is what we need. So then you got to go and you got to go set a curriculum up to, you know, to make sure all these guys know. Is safety a big part of the school, Tim? Absolutely. It has to be. It has to be because, it, listen, that's your life. When, when you look at it that way, it's your life and, and your partner's life and, the, and everyone else's life. And at the end of the day, when, 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 when you get on that, when you're a journeyman, that's what, that's what's expected of you. Kevin Boyle, question, you know, last question, I guess, before Joe wants to go to One break. One minute until the break, Joe. Having said that, don't you think that what the advantage we have over non-union is that you can call the union hall and get a qualified union, uh, you know, member and a craftsman in any area, whether it's finishing, whether it's structural steel, to replace somebody if, for example, they were sick for the day. Something you can't do when unions, and you learn that in the apprentice program. Well, yes, yes, and that, that's all true, Joe. And, and that's what we stress. Like, we always stress it's, it's, is, you know, our, our number one goal is to go home safely to our families, right? And to have all our fingers and all our toes, right? Because when something does happen, it only takes a second and you're done. It could be you'd be crippled, you could die, you could do this. And listen, how about the guy that's seen it happen? Or the guy that, you know... That's even more traumatic than the guy, you know, going through it. So there's always other stuff that's that's why we do make it hard in the apprentice school. And we do always tell these guys, listen, we're only we, we try to tell you this is why we do it. You, it might be archaic that they say that's a lot of these younger guys say we, you, you guys are all living in the past. You know why we live in the past? Because it works. Yeah. It's been working for 125 years. Why should I change? You know why? Because 99% of our members go home safely to their families. That's why we do it. The Labor Show with Jay Duck and Krause, Tim Casey, well done. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. We'll get to uh, our final commercial break of our uh, visit with the Iron Workers. Theater of the Mind for the listening audience as, uh, as we go to a break. Theater of the Mind. Uh, the walls inside Iron Workers Local 401 are filled with pictures uh, of workers on high beams in high places. Um, it is truly amazing. The work that an iron worker does. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are brought to you by IBEW Local 98, DC 33, Local 1637, District 1199C, and News Guild 10. And back here on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Special visit tonight, J-Doc. Great visit uh, with the Iron Workers Local 401. Good stuff. Fast hour. Sorry that it's coming to an end, uh, our final segment in front of us. I want to shout out two people deep in my heart. I want to shout out my father since we're here at Iron Workers Local 401. And I want to shout out Jerry Boyle. Um, thoughts and prayers. Um, so happy to, to bring in Mickey McGrogan, Vice President of Iron Workers Local 401. And business agent, Viron Workers Local 401, Tim Whalen. Gentlemen, welcome to the broadcast. Thank you, um, First of all, Tim, um, you're a new business agent, but you've been around for quite a long time. Well, we, we were just talking about somehow we're old-timers yeah. already. Um, uh, how's it going so far? 
Well, this is my fourth week uh, doing this job, and uh, I'm learning real fast. I mean, working for Kevin is, is a blessing. I mean, he's, he brings so much experience to this job. Um, but out there in the field, I'm dealing with, um, I have to deal with the men. I have to deal with the contractors. You know, and my job is to make sure that I can secure as much work for our membership as I can. And to also to assure the contractors that I'm going to provide them with very good men, but we're going to get the job done safely. We're going to get the job done on time. And that's what we're selling here. We're selling here top quality labor that's going to make them money. It's going to make us money. It's going to get the job done safe. And, you know, it, it's so amazing. My father once told me about a contractor who was double-breasted, not so, somebody who does work uh, union in the city and non-union in the counties, that he couldn't understand why they would, they would be double-breasted in the counties. And I knew at that moment, especially since non-union, um, you know, they make, they make less than we do, and they also are a lot less skilled, that, that it, it's because we work hard, and that's where we, and, and we, and we work safe. And when you walk into that, what, what's your what's your what's your message to 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 a uh, somebody out in the counties when you're going out and, and you're going into an, an an employer that you're trying to convince to do a union work union? Well, I'm out there selling I'm out there selling Cadillac, okay. And people buy Cadillacs because it's quality. You you want to go buy a Yugo? It's going to fall apart. It's going to break down. It's not going to get you there. We're going to get your job done on time. And most contractors realize that you know the the developer. One of the most important things to him is that the job comes in on time and safely. And we bring them in on time. We make them more money than they think they can save a nickel in the short term by paying somebody a substandard wage. And the other thing we try to tell the, is, while I'm on the radio, is to the community. Don't look at us as, well, we're just these, these iron workers. Or we're, the non-union that's coming in here for most part is out of town. They don't come here. They don't pay local tax. They don't pay state tax. They don't support the businesses that you work for. You know, whether you're working in the supermarket and bagging groceries, right? These people aren't going to spend that money here. They take it all home with them. And we live in your community. We're your neighbors. We're the kid coaching your kid's baseball team. That's who we are. We are here. And that's a great selling point. And I want to bring Mickey yep. McGrogan in. Mickey, uh, obviously, welcome yes. to the broadcast. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. It's great to have you. Mick, what, you're the vice president of the union. What yes. got you in, in, inspired to get involved in, in politics, especially after all these years? <laughs> the man sitting next to me. <laughs> Tim, Tim well, fantastic. Uh, yeah. Tim drugged me in here kicking and screaming. <laughs> so, <laughs> What's your experience been, and, and, and how do you like it? Uh, uh, I'm liking it. I mean, I've been involved now a couple of years in the, po- the political end of the union. Um, me and Tim have been working together for a very long time. Uh, God, 15 years, I yeah. guess, work together. And, yeah. and, and, and so, it, it, uh, go ahead. Um, but on the jobs together and always looking how we could forward the union. We've always been, well, we're both sons of iron workers. Um, we all, here well, we go. Yeah. <laughs> right, so, right. Right. So, you know, we understand where the unions come from, how they make the money. Um, you know, we understand why we want to keep it in the community, why we want to keep paying each other. To move forward. So with us, like the education that you get out of the apprenticeship coming through and then the political leaders here in the union all have the same mentality. We all want to do it safely, do it fast, you know, get it in on time, make money for everyone. And Joe, Mickey is actually one of our instructors over at the school too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's responsible. And don't don't think that we don't take that lightly. When we get kids out of that school... and. All of the iron workers try to put input. Hey, Mickey, 
what's going on in that school? This is what we got to learn. And they learn that. Like Timmy, our apprentice coordinator, everybody has input. We try to produce the best iron workers we can because we want to go out there in the field. We want to make sure that you're safe, we're safe, and the job gets done on time. And that's my big thing. I've, I've said it a few times, but that's our goal. And, and, and Mickey, when you go out on the job and, you're, and there's somebody you've, you've taught, yes, does that make you Working proud? Working for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then to hear other guys mention my apprentices, the ones who have come through while I've been in the program, you know, it does make me proud. It, it makes me happy to see that they're becoming, you know, journeyman iron workers and they're making their way. I have a nephew who actually came through my class and is now a journeyman iron worker in his first year, and he's doing fantastic in the field, but safely, um, and he puts all of his time into it. It's and, really and, nice and, to and, see. And, and role models that we have that, that make yes. generations of iron workers. We didn't look at it from the bricks, fellas. No. Um, but guys, listen, well, you know, obviously we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Um, Tim, you know, before we go, you know, you lost a brother on a job. Yes. And you'd mentioned that um, and, and, and how important safety is. But ironworking can be a very a difficult it's, trade. It's a very dangerous thing out there. Like Timmy Casey said before, you, you have to be aware of your surroundings at all time. You know, I always make sure, and I, it may sound kind of corny, that I always give my wife a kiss in the morning, even still she's still sleeping right. before I leave, because I don't know if I'm going to be there when I come home. And I don't want, I want everybody to know that that's our goal out there, that we all go home at night. And uh, one other thing before we get cut off, I want to say that it was the, one of the greatest honors to be a member of this local when your father was a business agent here, a business manager, yes, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for your father. He took me into this local in 1981, and I miss him every day. We think about him every day, and he's not forgotten. And when he gets out, we're going to have a party that's going to, it's going to rival Mardi Gras. Well, I hope Kevin Boyle retires by, by, by the time my dad gets the heck out. <laughs> no, but thank you. Thank you so much, Tim. Yes. And, and Mickey McGrogan, Tim Whalen, thank yep. you so much. Not Thanks only for being for our guest, but for what you guys do, man. And also yep. for waiting around <laughs> until we finally got to the point uh, where we were able to come on live here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Our number one of the Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause now uh, coming to a close. Special thanks to Iron Workers Local uh, 401. Uh, for hosting us, Kevin. Well done. Nice job. Nice job to uh, everybody. Pizza was excellent, Jay. Dyke. I don't I'm, know. I I'm would, sorry I you didn't know. get a chance to enjoy it. <laughs> um, but that's going to bring our number one of the two-hour special uh, to a close. Don't touch the radio dial, Jay. Doc, who's coming up on the other side? Kathy Scott and and Sean Steffi. Uh, the Boilermakers will continue on on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management.
Every day, many of our nation's most vulnerable workers put on their armor to go to work. These essential workers are keeping our lights on, restocking our shelves with food, and battling COVID-19 on the front lines. Now more than ever, they deserve our protection and thanks. That's why during the pandemic, Pond Lee Hockey is working around the clock to help protect these workers and fight for their rights. Call Pond Lee Hockey's COVID-19 hotline to help you and your loved ones with your legal needs during the pandemic at 267-606-4343. Now on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. If we don't move in our own direction, we're going to become extinct. In fact, in some cases, we're close to being extinct right now. Presented by the law offices of Pond, Lee Hockey, Giordano. Talk, listen, and speak to the region's most influential leaders. This is The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. Hour number two of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT as we broadcast to you live tonight on the radio station. But J. Doc, we're on the road at Ironworkers Local 401. Continuing what a great opening hour and what a great road tour uh, it has been to be able to uh, go on location, still social distance and still deliver a great radio show live tonight. And what a great first hour with the Ironworkers. Absolutely. Like I said, it's been old home uh, old home week for me this is a great thing also I want to shout out to Jimmy Snell who's listening by his by his fire and said to say hello to everybody <laughs> by the way Jim thanks so much for letting me hold the trophy uh, that's an inside joke having said that um, uh, you know we, 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 we have Kevin Boyle here who also wants to give a little shout out before he uh, bids us adieu I, I, and I just want to thank you two for allowing the iron workers to get stuff off our chest which is a great thing when we can promote ourselves because sure. we really stink at it yeah. right because <laughs> no, you're not alone man you know what i mean we really stink at promoting our, our own selves but i just want to give it the last shout out i want to give out to all the officers in the local to take the time and do their things and especially i want to give a real big shout out to every 401 member because without them we we don't do anything right, right? So, but I also have to give a real big shout out, and I'm hoping my wife is listening to my son who came up and took time out to hang with his dad, which he never does anyway. And every father should know that because they never want to hang. Well, we made history tonight. You know what I mean? So, I I had to do that. And like I said, that's his mother. He is his mother. So, you know, I might might be the the yower and the screamer. But when you have the brains like that, then that's Listen, the mother's side. We know so. it's Janet Boyle. Going to yes. shout out to her. Yes. And, 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 Kevin, and she's we, a uh, a PFT member for 35 years, and she's real. Uh, so I think by the end of June, she'll be stepping down after 35 years at the same school. Wow. Wow. So and she's a true union member. And like I said, I, I I wanted to give a shout out to my son because I think he's one of the most intelligent people that I've met well, so far. Uh, he's so. passionate about politics, and now is when we need young people like him. So, he, mm-hmm. like they say, he didn't lick it from the bricks. Thank you, mom. I appreciate that, from Mrs. Boyle. And uh, you know, we we want to thank the Ironworkers Iron Local 401 and and the officers for your hospitality today. It's been awesome. The tour's been great. Yeah, good stuff. Kevin Boyle joining us, and the guys are still in the room. So thank you uh, so much for being a part uh, of the Labor Show. We'll transition now, J. Doc, into hour number two. Uh, we're live. Hour number two. We've got uh, two more great conversations uh, coming up. We're not doing a local spotlight or anything like that, but sure. we're going to jump into the conversation. Kathy Scott's going to join us.
guests. Uh, we're going to bring her into the dialogue for to kick off uh, our number two. Well, uh, I'm ecstatic uh, to bring Kathy Scott into the program. She's the president of DC 47, the city's white collar union. So there's uh, a large number of uh, members and unions there. Kathy, welcome. Well, uh, thank you very much. I'm happy to be on the show. It was a great first hour listening to it. Well, I mean, we appreciate it. By the way, you're missing the party here. It's it, yeah, we wish you were live, and <laughs> as you can as you can already tell, everybody's you know we're having a great show. When everybody's psyched about the election, if you would, as we start, tell our listeners who you represent. Well, Ashley District Council 47 actually has eight different locals. We're best known for representing the city of Philadelphia workers, but we have members in the Housing Authority, the Parking Authority, the First Judicial District. Uh, we have members in the University of Pennsylvania, Temple, um, private social service agencies, um, and the zoo. Uh, so, uh, so we have a very broad uh, mix of members who do a lot of great work in the city of Philadelphia. And so, as as you know, and nobody's more passionate about uh, the, the the political process than yourself. Uh, on November third, um, the elections about what kind of a county we will have. I mean, uh, a, a democratic republic or an auto autocracy, and what that will mean for labor for the labor movement. Tell me about that. Well, yeah, I feel very strongly about this. I mean, um, I don't think everybody necessarily understands that the first thing that dictators go to is to try to destroy labor unions. And uh, because they are one of the biggest forces to, um, you know, keep democracy going. And what we see happening here is somebody who is attacking labor unions uh, you know, we talked about election having consequences. Obviously, uh, Trump won in uh, 2016, and he's done a lot of damage to labor unions since he's been elected. Um, just for the talking about the public sector, in 2018, the Janus decision was issued by the Supreme Court. And uh, for people who don't know what that is, um, it uh, took away the ability for public sector unions to bargain to require non-members to pay a fee for representing them. And, um, you know, we call them freeloaders, but, um, you know, what happens in the public sector eventually starts to happen in the private sector. And we think that with the appointment that's coming up in the Supreme Court by uh, with uh, Amy uh, Coney Barrett, that um, labor unions are really going to be under attack. Kathy, so, Scott, Kathy Scott is uh, joining us here on The Labor Show. She is the president of DC uh, 47. She's here with us for the opening half hour of hour number two. We're getting on a little bit later than we normally do uh, on a Saturday night because of Penn State football and the return uh, of the Big Ten. Uh, Kathy, let me um, get some more feedback from you about how your members feel uh, going into this election. It, it seems to be, the answer seems to be a mixed bag. Uh, Doc and I have been on a tour the last six weeks, and sometimes the answer to that question is not what the listeners expect. Tell us about it. What do you think? Well, I, I think that uh, public sector workers have a, a little bit closer reality to how much government impacts their life. 
we can see, for example, the fight over not wanting to fund um, state and local government uh, that's going on uh, with Mitch McConnell in the Senate holding up money for uh, state and local government. Um, people understand that the funding for their jobs uh, requires, um, you know, taxpayers and, and the government to uh, be responsible and make sure that public services continue. Our members were out on the front line uh, providing services, essential services to everyone. You know, we have nurses in the health centers, doctors in the health centers, uh, social workers who investigate abuse and neglect of children, uh, with social workers who work in the prisons, um, providing services to adult services and homeless people. I mean, we our members were out there on the front line providing all those essential services, and they know um, how much government impacts their ability to do their job. Uh, when we talk to our members, and we have had a fabulous phone banking and outreach to members going on, we're we're getting very good feedback from our members about them understanding how important this election is and voting early. So um, I, I think it might be a little bit different with government workers than uh, perhaps the building trades or other people in the private sector. Yeah, it, it's interesting. You mentioned Janice and you're 100% right about um, the, the current administration and the direction with the courts and, and how it hurts us. But one of the things I'm proud of is that when Janice did hit, okay, it mo- we, we, we prepared for it. Do you think that, that, that these people, that, you know, those individuals that, are, you know, that want to put us out of business underestimate us? Because for an entire year, we mobilized. And in, in a lot of ways, um, sometimes, you know, we keep taking the shots, we keep getting up, and, and sometimes it makes us stronger. What are your thoughts there? Uh, actually, Janice, I think, backfired on them. Yep. Uh, they were expecting it to really harm public sector um, unions. Uh, over the, uh, the entire country, there hasn't been a significant decline in membership in public sector unions. And as a matter of fact, um, shortly after Janice, uh, we had members, uh, we had non-members who were contacting us who had had a fee coming out who thought they were members because they were having dues deducted. And they contacted and said, wait a minute, I don't have dues coming out on my check. Why not? And they came over and signed union cards. So I, they really underestimated how much people realize the importance of having a union. In the middle so, of the um, it, yeah, I, I think that uh, it, did, it definitely didn't do what they were expecting it to do. In the middle of a great conversation with Kathy Scott, who's the president of DC 47, it's hour number two of the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We'll get to a commercial break. We'll continue our dialogue and our conversation with Kathy on the other side of the break. Back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Plumbers Local 690, Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, Iron Workers Local 401, and SEIU Local 32BJ, District 1201. This whole nonsense about not giving workers the right to organize with so-called right to work, that's bad. Something like that comes to my desk, I'll veto it, not just because I'm a Democrat, not just because I'm pro-labor, but because I know for a fact that's not very smart. And back here live on 
Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. It's the Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause. J. Doc, as we uh, continue our road tour on this Saturday night, uh, broadcasting live from Iron Workers Local 401. What a great opening hour we had uh, tonight. We got a great opportunity to learn a lot uh, about the Iron Workers, and we continue uh, the tour. Although next week, J. Doc, uh, one week from tonight, we'll transition into our election special and we'll hear from all of the most influential labor leaders from around uh, the Delaware Valley. It's a two-hour special next Saturday. We start at five o'clock. Absolutely. So five to seven, two-hour uh, election special uh, next weekend. Yeah, and so uh, Kathy, we're talking to Kathy Scott, president of DC 47 in Philadelphia. You talk about elections having consequences. Talk about um, you know, the, the, uh, Trump's appointment to, to the NLRB um, and how hostile it was towards uh, unions, as well as the, the makeup of the Supreme Court. It's been brutal over the last several years, and people got to think about that. Well, I need, and yes, I mean, um, you know, he, he's shown us exactly what he thinks of labor with the people he's put on um, the uh, National Labor Relations Board. They have gutted a lot of the rights that um, uh, unions have and, and union uh, members have. They're also intent on making it very difficult uh, for workers to organize and to form a union. Um, delaying elections, uh, changing who can be in a union. Um, you know, they, 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 uh, Chamber of Commerce came out with a wish list of 10 things uh, that they wanted to happen. And uh, his board has delivered taking away all of the things that the Chamber of Commerce wanted uh, to empower corporations, uh, you know, with more power. So um, we're, we're suffering under that. I, we had a, um, a great victory recently where uh, the um, Philadelphia Museum of Art Workers um, organized under us. We won an election, but it was very difficult to get that election done um, because uh, the museum fought us very hard initially to try to postpone the election. Uh, so, um, and with a lot of pressure from city council and other people, they relented and we were able to get that election done. But again, these appointments to the board, are they're rolling back rights that uh, union members had uh, for decades. Uh, talk about the benefit of Joe Biden winning and what, and what he will bring to the union community, and, uh, you know, obviously here in Philadelphia, but across the country. It will make a tremendous difference uh, because, you know, one of the things that um, happens when uh, a president gets the opportunity to appoint uh, there's a philosophy behind it. We know that Joe Biden is going to support workers' rights and union having rights. I mean, the whole purpose of the National Labor Relations Board is to level the playing field and make sure <laughs> that it's possible for workers to have rights to organize. Uh, so there would be a definite change on who's on the board and then what impact that's going to have on you as a union member. So, um, we're, we feel very strongly that uh, we want union members to think of what the long-range implications are if Trump has a second um, term. 
because uh, it's not going to look the same for labor. And if they think that their rights can't be obliterated, um, they, they have another thing coming. I mean, it really does make a difference. And Biden will make a tremendous difference in who he appoints to the labor board and, and trying to get back the rights that we fought for for all these years. Uh, K- Kathy, what does your next week and a half look like and, and, and that of your members in preparation <laughs> for, for, for the election? Well, we are doing intense um, outreach to our members. Uh, we've contacted all of our members in um, Philadelphia um, at least once. We've touched them. We've talked to them about voting, doing early voting. Um, we're now in the process of uh, assisting the our international and the state in reaching out to AFSCME members uh, throughout Pennsylvania. And, um, you know, we've, we've been very successful at the um, uh, in doing that outreach. We will then move into our uh, intense activity the uh, seven days before uh, the election starting you know, next Wednesday. Uh, to uh, make sure that anybody who hasn't gone to the satellite or hasn't gotten their mail ballot uh, will get their way to the polls. We're also very interested in making sure that our members volunteer to work on the polls. Um, This is the first time since the charter change that our members can actually participate in um, national and state elections. So it will be a big boost for us. Uh, to be able to get our members there to uh, to work on the polls and make sure there's not voter intimidation that, uh, of course, is being threatened. Uh, so we're we're going to have a very intensive get out the vote and protecting the vote campaign. We're talking with Kathy Scott, the president of DC 47 on the Labor Show with JDoc uh, and Krause as we come to you on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Uh, Kathy, do you think... Uh, Joe Biden will win the state of Pennsylvania. I do, but I think it's going to be uh, a little closer than we would like. I mean, what is really important, I think, here in Pennsylvania is to have a big win. Uh, We don't want the state legislature uh, or uh, any uh, lawsuits to be able to take a victory away from, um, from Biden and Harris. And uh, that's why we're putting all this energy into uh, getting everybody to vote um, that we possibly can. We've also done intense uh, voter registration, too, doing outreach to any of our members that hadn't been registered to vote. So it's all about turnout. And uh, that's what we're going to be shifting into for the next week for, you know, in-person voting on November the 3rd. Kathy, talk about, before we go, the impact that Pat Eiding has over at the AFL-CIO and how we unite as a a union community uh, throughout the Delaware Valley. Pat Eiding is fabulous. Um, Pat listens to everyone. He takes everybody's thoughts and ideas into consideration. Uh, He has built a tremendous uh, coalition, I believe, between the building trades, the public sector, and other private sector unions. Um, Pat is a wonderful leader uh, who who really um, le- really listens to people and then tries to formulate plans for how to accomplish what everybody is uh, trying to uh, accomplish. 
Listen, uh, we want to thank you so much, not only for joining us here on, on the Labor Show, but also for the job you're doing uh, with DC-47 and, and, and uh, particularly uh, now with the, with the, with the Get Out the Vote campaign and, 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 uh, and just what you do for the members. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for the opportunity to be on the program uh, and uh, let people know a little bit about what DC-47 members are doing. Good stuff from Kathy Scott joining us, and also, Kathy, as we say goodbye to you, uh, thanks for hanging in with us as we got on a little bit later tonight uh, than we normally do uh, on a Saturday. We'll get to a commercial break here on The Labor Show uh, with J-Doc and Krause. J-Doc on the other side, another good conversation coming up. It's Sean Steffi, the Boilermakers. All right, so we'll, get, uh, we'll switch gears, uh, and we'll jump into a conversation with the Boilermakers when we come back. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are sponsored by Sprinkler Fitters Local 692, Iron Workers Local 405, and Steam Fitters Local 420. We're going to try to work with Republicans in a bipartisan way to find solutions to what really is not working. And back here on the Labor Show with Jay Duck and Krause as we broadcast to you live on this Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. It's heating up with the iron workers here. All, all the great audio, Jay Duck. party's here, man. All the great audio is uh, in between. Wait, the- hold on. Yeah, right. We got Tim Whalen in the house. We got Tim Casey, Kevin Boyle, Keith Myers, Mickey McGrogan. We got George Shep and, and Benny on the wall. We're rocking it, man. All right. Good stuff. And we thank Kevin Boyle and everybody for uh, hosting us. All the good stuff, by the way way uh, happens during the commercial break but we are recording on an open oh, hot yeah. mic right uh, so i guess you'll post that on facebook a little well, bit later on is there a late night version of cinemax <laughs> on radio i don't know but um you know i, I, I definitely we got and we and we got a building tradesman um coming up on this particular segment that that um, I'm really excited about. No doubt about that. And I want to transition into, before I uh, bring our guest in one more time, I want to remind the listening audience, our election special next Saturday begins at 5. We're 5 to 7 next Saturday. It's a two-hour election special. Sean Steffi, business uh, agent from Local 154, is uh, going to join us on the program uh, right now, and I anticipate an invitation to Sean as well uh, to attend our election special uh, one week from tonight. But before we get to there, let's bring him in right now. Sean, welcome in uh, to uh, the Labor show uh no stranger to the show my friend and we thank you for being here welcome in thanks josh thanks for having me on that's great to have you sean sean um first of all we had you on when you were just a regular guy about a month and a half ago now you're being mentioned on town halls with the pre with the vice president um former vice president joe biden what was your thought process i don't were you watching that live or when you heard about it no, it wasn't on Joe. It was actually at another political function. I uh, knew nothing about it. My phone started going off like a slot machine, and, of course, everybody starts texting you, and that's how I found out, and the rest is kind of history after that. Sean, let me ask you for the benefit of the listening audience tuning in here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT to take a moment or take some time here um, in our opening few minutes to set the stage for the listening audience so they understand the framework of why you were referenced and what it actually means. Let me get, let me hear it from you in your words. Okay, no problem. Um, 
Hey, listen, it's no secret. Um, I send Logan 154 to Boilermakers in Pittsburgh. We work in the fossil fuel industry. That's our bread and butter. Refineries, uh, coal and gas power generation, steel mills, uh, paper mills. And, you know, as you know, our governor has us under siege right now trying to push our industry out. And now, you know, uh, Joe Biden has made a stance. It's no lie that, you know, he's ready to get rid of the fossil fuel industry. So uh, for the best of our members that we took a legitimate vote within just local 154 Pittsburgh, um, we decided to endorse Donald Trump. We feel Donald Trump has our best interest and wants to embrace the fossil fuel industry and move forward and move forward with technology to help clean the environment through carbon capture and other technologies and to save good family blue-collar jobs. And I'd just like to make one more point. There's nobody that would fight with more ferocity for all of our union rights and collective bargaining to fight against right to work. This is nothing against unions. This is purely for work and a job, to have a job and to keep our organization moving as members. Um, and it's just no lie. And, you know, after the debate this week, I don't see how anybody could really feel confident that also works in the fossil fuel industry, refineries, that our party has abandoned the men and women that work in the fossil fuel industry uh, because Joe Biden is the, he is the man in the Democratic Party and it's sure steering that way that, you know, he's come out and he's all for eventually phasing it out. Sean Steffi joining us here on The Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause as we come to you on a Saturday night here on Talk Radio 1210 uh, WPHT. Uh, Sean, it's a a, uh, challenging uh, conversation to have because I, you know, I sometimes feel as though people don't quite get the point. They don't understand the message. Um, and, 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 And hear what you're saying, yet your workers do, your members do, um, and, and it's so, so important to understand what's the truth between what's being said and then how it affects your members. Yes. I mean, listen, I mean, Joe Biden came out, my name came up in the town hall meeting with George Stephanopoulos through an article in the New York uh, I think it was the New York Times, and, you know, he made some statements that were just not true. I've never spoken with anybody in the Biden staff. Uh, I've never spoke to anybody, uh, and he's never spoken to anybody at Logan 154. We'd have loved to hear him, you know, get a hold of us, but he never did. And, I mean, for anybody that knows anything about fossil fuels, it, it's delusional to think that we're going to get rid of it. And it is just a crushing blow to us that work in the industry. And, I mean, I'm not going to speak for the rest of the trade unions. That's up to them, and that's their decision on where they want to stand. But I can't see how any of us are going to see pipelines go away, petrochemical plants go away, steel mills, everything that has to do with fossil fuels, coal and gas generation, how that can be a good fit for us. I just don't see it. And the bottom line, it's so delusional in my mind, is you cannot even have the renewables of solar and wind without fossil fuels. They cannot exist. So what's the real message? And that's kind of where we took a stand. We've got to stay with the fossil fuels. It's the bread and butter. 
and it's something that could bring it, it is the heartbeat of manufacturing is good electricity, cheap, reliable energy generation. And we got to have it. We can do it right here in Pennsylvania. We can be the energy hub and the manufacturing hub. We have all the key ingredients right here, and we're ready to push it away for fossil fuels industry in another country, in another country in China. It ain't working. we got to do it right here, and that's where we're standing. Let's do it. Let's get it on. Let's do it environmentally friendly. Let's put our good men and women to work with great blue-collar family sustaining wages, not projected green jobs. Yeah, and we talk about the, um, the so-called Green New Deal. Um, what did it make you feel like when you were watching the, um, the debate, uh, even the vice presidential debate, when, when – um, uh, Kamala Harris, uh, you know, was kind of distancing herself from it, and 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 even Joe Biden at one point um, was distancing himself uh, from it. Um, gotta gotta feel like at least we're making some progress um, compared to where we were a couple months ago um, in that particular area. Tell me your thoughts there. I mean, so what? What's the progress? It's multiple times they said they're going to do away with it, and now all of a sudden. It changes the feel of the election in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and, you know, we're going to flip-flop and go back. So, I mean, just come right out and say where you stand. I'm, I, I don't understand that. you got to make a stance. That's what we did in Logan 154. We're not riding the fence no more. We need somebody to embrace the fossil fuel industry that knows what's needed to make it happen. And I just don't understand where, you know, Former Vice President Joe Biden is. Um, he's flip-flopped so many times. And right. after the debate on Thursday, I was left uncertain again where he really stands. Yeah, he was talking about the, the oil and transitioning out of it into electricity. And, and you know, it, it is confusing. Um, Sean, your national union, you know, they, they, ha- you know, they haven't endorsed anybody. Uh, but Biden, and it had to be a surprise to you, uh, and everybody really, when when George Stephanopoulos uh, mentioned Sean, you know Sean Steffi and what you had said, the first thing Biden said was, "Well, he should talk to his national union. They've endorsed me." Tell us about that and what kind of you know and and what the truth is. Um, here's all I can speak about on the international part. I, I've you know, I. Basically, I'm a 154 guy in Pittsburgh, but I've never spoken to any of our international. We've never received any correspondence saying what is going on, other than they were going to stay out of the race. They couldn't, uh, you know, make an endorsement. I'm not sure if they didn't have the full, you know, uh, amount of people to make it happen, all of our international vice presidents. I do not know. I just know that us as Local 154, when we did not make a decision as an international organization, decided to step up and say this is what we need in western Pennsylvania. As you know, we are uh, you know, blessed with coal and gas resources, some of the largest resources in the world, if not the country, and this is what we want moving forward. 
Talking with Sean Steffi, business agent, local 154, here on the Labor Show uh, with J. Doc and Krause. Uh, Sean, uh, one last thought before we go to the break, and then we'll f- uh, and then we'll bring you back on the other side. And we appreciate you um, hanging in with us on this uh, on this later start uh, of the Labor Show tonight, just because of the uh, Penn State football game. I want you to speak to me, if you can speak to the audience a little bit uh, about the environment, the uh, the miss understanding about the effects on the environment. Can you comment on that? I'd, I'd love to comment on that. Um, I mean, let's face it. I want everybody to think about it. If we were to just do away with our fossil fuels and go to a solar and wind, okay, can you imagine the amount of acreage, the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of acres that would needed would be needed to replace our small uh, land footprint that coal and gas takes as far as electricity generation. You're talking, uh, you know, something that's not a reliable source of electricity and still has a lot of environmental problems with it. I mean, if you're going to cut down trees and uh, and put solar panels on it, it has an environmental consequence also, and you can't get the reliable energy you need, you still got to have the fossil fuels. Now we got both of them. So we got to take a look at that. And if anybody knows that clear cutting trees is not good for the environment also, and new transmission lines, it's and, and the sediment that will run into our streams and rivers through erosion, I mean, it's something that we got to take a look at. And that is the truth. And then the, uh, the hazardous materials used in solar panels and the recycling problems that are proven that is already no secret that are out there with our solar panels and windmill blades. So what's the, you know, we already got, you know, problems that we can take care of with technology in our coal and gas with carbon capture. It's proven they're doing it in the country now, and now we're going to go ahead and move forward with this, and it can never power Pennsylvania or the United States like we needed to to use our energy uh, intense industries. Sean Steffi, business agent, Local 154, joining us. He'll stay with us when we come back uh, on the other side of the uh, commercial break. This is The Labor Show with Jadock and Krause back in a moment. Portions of tonight's edition of The Labor Show are brought to you by IBEW Local 98, DC 33, Local 1637, District 1199C, and News Guild 10. And back here on the Labor Show with Jadock and Krause, visiting with Sean Steffi, business agent, local uh, 154, uh, wrapping us up here on a Saturday night, the end of two great hours uh, of talk radio, Jadock. Uh, from our perspective, we're broadcasting live uh, from Iron Workers Local 401, self or, or social distancing, but what a great, uh, uh, a great Saturday night uh, it has been. Sean, let me jump back into the conversation uh, uh, with you, sir, um, and let me ask you, um, and I want to thank you for being so defined and so direct um, uh, with your uh, comments in the opening segment. Um, Sean, can you emphatically say um, that every member of 154 uh, is voting for Donald Trump on November 3rd? Well, I can't tell you that every member is going to vote for Donald Trump, but I can tell you an overwhelming majority will vote Donald Trump because they know 
that we must have a fossil fuel industry for them to achieve retirement and for us to bring new apprentices, young new blood into our organization to keep it going. And that's no that's no lie. That is no exaggeration. Without fossil fuels, I'm not sure where we're going to be because I don't work in the solar and I don't work in the wind and we're not electricians. And if, if one more statement I'd like to make, I mean, we got to figure this out. And, and you can't have steel without coal unless somebody else has some kind of new metallurgical ingredient that I don't know about. And we can't have any kind of medical supplies, laptops, um, you know, computers, phones, tires, everything our daily life evolves around without fossil fuels. So I don't think that's too hard of a question for Joe Biden to come out and say, hey, we want fossil fuels and we got to do it with technology and do it cleaner, not do away with the whole industry in Pennsylvania and throughout the rest of our country that thrives on the fossil fuel industry. I mean, Sean, there's over 6,000 products that are derivative of crude oil, okay? Um, why and, and where is this coming from? Uh, we're, we're, we're just recently self-sufficient, okay? Why, and we've already talked about the fact that it is clean energy and that, and that uh, you know, it's efficient energy fossil fuels. Why, where is this coming from, especially since it's clearly not true? I have no idea where this is coming from, and this is the one part that really bugs me about my party right now, that we've been taken over by a, far, by a bunch of far-left, um, basically environmental people that sit in their basements and blog all day that don't live in the real world. If they really knew what they'd have to give up to give up fossil fuels, I'm sure their tune would change. And, you know, to all these political figures and all these environmentalists, I want them to answer the question, what if, they, if our world's coming to an end in nine years and things are so bad, what are you doing right now? Tell me about your household that's off the grid and you've got solar panels on your roof and you're completely sufficient with renewables. Tell me of the companies that they're the, the organizations like Microsoft and Google. None of them are off the grid. They all depend on it. And I don't understand why we're even having this conversation in this country. Just like you said, we're energy independent. We could, we could move forward and create jobs. There should be nobody wanting a job in the state of Pennsylvania with the, with the resources we have. Well, you talk about, um, you know, the, the, the fact that, it, that, that industrial wind and solar electricity, um, you know, it, it, it brings little value to the electrical grid. And, you know, solar panels in many ways, are not green. They are not green energy. What happens to them solar panels when you're done with them? Well, I wish somebody would tell us because they can't figure it out right now, and even the other countries are saying they don't know what to do with the solar panels. And we're and California has that problem. They're throwing them in landfills right now, and that's their hazardous waste. And we also got a problem with the windmill blades, and they're doing it right now in Wyoming. They're filling their landfills with it. So right here in Pennsylvania, we have the right formations to capture and store CO2 from our, from our energy emissions, and we could do it. We have the pipelines, and, and we could use it in, in chemical plants for fertilizer and everything else. So that's what I'm saying. Let's go. Let's create the good jobs. Quit telling me about these projected green new jobs because I haven't seen them yet. 
Sean, you know what's con- it's confusing to me why people in our own party would, 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 would go in this direction when it's clearly, like you said, it, you know, you got the far left uh, pushing, pushing the environmental, um, you, know, uh, you know, agenda, which got us, you know, knocked off of a, a, um, a, a uh, what you call it, a, in South Philly, the, the uh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank here. We lost the refinery. Oh, the refinery. For, yeah. uh, for $25 yeah, million, dollars, $25 million less to the lowest bidder. Okay, weird stuff is happening. Uh, you know, what's frustrating to me is people in our own party are, are, are selling us out and are forcing members of our own, uh, you know, union community in many ways to have, to have no choice but to go in the direction that they're going. I mean, it was, it was, it, it, it's a bizarre and odd situation, and it's just confusing. I can only imagine what you feel like, Sean. Yes, and, you know, we still have some good, moderate Democrats out there I mean, one down this way is our representative, Pam Snyder. She's in coal country, Washington County, and gas. She gets it. She understands. Where's the rest of them at? You know, I mean, I know you guys are in the Philadelphia area. I mean, the, the Montgomery, Chester, Delaware, them, those representative senators, they're totally against everything that's fossil fuels. And they're pushing the agenda. And ridiculous. we got to get it together here. If you look at the Reggie vote, 2025 vote, 61 counties does not want Reggie. There's only like six counties, and they're down in your area. They want it, and it's not what the rest of Pennsylvania wants. That's not the true voice of Pennsylvania. Sean Steffi visiting with us, very passionate, very determined, uh, and very supportive of what he knows to be uh, the truth, nothing but the truth and the truth, uh, joining us tonight on The Labor Show. Sean, I, before we say goodbye, uh, I want to thank you for coming on board. I'd love to give you just a minute uh, to speak directly to the public, not to the choir. Speak to the public, because I think the public, the listeners, I think they're... I, I don't think they understand, uh, or I think there's a disconnect on what the truth is. Yeah, not a problem. If I was speaking to the public, I want you to take a look for yourself. Do your own research. It's not hard. Google a few things. You know, solar panels, pros and cons, wind, solar, the whole nine yards, and you'll get the answers. Watch Planet of the Humans, you'll get the answers. And for you to really think about what you would have to give up in your daily life that's fossil fuel driven for you to live a true green lifestyle and to have an unreliable source of electricity. When that day comes and it's 20 below zero with a wind chill factor and you got eight inches of snow on your roof and you're dependent on that, uh, you know, solar panels to work and they're not working, what are you going to do when you need to get your heat going? When it's 80, when it's 95 degrees and it's so, the wind's not blowing enough to blow out a birthday candle, and just look at the PJM generation grid. It'll show you. It's open to the public and see what renewables are doing and see what coal, gas, and nuclear is doing and putting power into your house. And you'll have a different thought of what you want to ban. You'll be saying, let's move technology forward. Let's use our abundant natural resources of fossil fuels. Let's create good jobs. And let's put this renewable stuff where it needs to be in a part of a portfolio of energy. I'm not against it, but it can't do it all. We've got to have our fossil fuels. 
Sean Steffi, business agent, Local 154, joining us here uh, on a Saturday night. Sean, uh, well done, well stated, well said. Thank you, sir, uh, for coming on. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you, Sean. Right, Thanks you for too. your passion, All right, my Good friend. stuff from you Sean Steffi, Jake. J-Doc finishing up here, uh, up here on a, a Saturday night. We are approaching our final minute, uh, J-Doc. So reluctantly, uh, reluctantly, I'm going to give you the microphone. You have 45 seconds. I just want to thank uh, all of our guests. I want to thank Ironworkers Local 401. I want to thank Kevin Boyle. I want to thank Keith Myers, Mickey McGrogan, Tim Casey, Tim Whalen, and Liam Boyle. Fantastic show, Joe. This, is, this has been the highlight of the tour for me. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's so awesome to, to be going to all the unions, and this has been great for me. I also want to thank Kathy Scott for joining us uh, from DC 47. Thank you so much. And as you just heard, uh, Sean Steffi, business agent, Local 154. That's going to do it on a Saturday night uh, for the Labor Show with J-Doc and Krause. Uh, on behalf of all of Local 401, Woo! <laughs> I'm Joe Krause. See you next time, everybody. Tonight's edition of The Labor Show have been sponsored by Sheet Metal Workers Local 19, CWA, Communication Workers of America, and AFSME Local 1739, DC 47. This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHD or its management.